For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are here for the 1st of June, joined by a special guest tonight coming up in about one minute, Vidarian Lowe, an offensive tackle, a rookie for the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to pick his brain for about 15 minutes and then talk about some of the weekly Vikings topics that we usually hop into. That is on the agenda. Foremost, we're going to talk about betonline.ag, who sponsors this show. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan-favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today. Um, The promo code, I'm going to use that, B-L-E-A-V. Believe B L E A V and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This is Believe in Vikings, and we are chatting about the week's topics. We were supposed to have Darian Lowe, a offensive tackle rookie. Um, we hasn't showed up yet, so perhaps our scheduling wires cross. If he shows up throughout the telecast, all the better. If not, we, you're, we got us for about 45 minutes. Uh, the first thing I'm going to bring up to you, Ron, uh, tonight it's it's your it's yourself, McKinney, and me. Is that Lewis Seen was on Patrick Peterson's podcast. And he kind of reaffirmed his his history of violence. He uh, he said he wants to stack bodies in the NFL, which uh, I've written a couple times on Vikings territory that this was 2001, 2002 would be glorious. However, we got to be careful. Uh, do you think Scene will uh, become a dude that's problematic for penalties, or do you think he'll find a way to balance both? So I do think he'll find a way to balance both. I think. <clears throat> Um, you know, watching, and again, this is just the highlights and everything from Georgia, but, uh, um, you know, it's not like he was getting ejected, um, or, you know, flagged a bunch at Georgia, you know, um, I'm not going to say he's like Andrew Sandeo and the misfire missile who always bled with the crown of his head, no matter what he was doing. Um, but you know, Harrison Smith obviously still gets the occasional penalties. So I think it's going to happen just any defensive player playing at that speed, it's going to happen. But um, like I've mentioned before, his play style on the field, at least what he, what I saw from him in Georgia reminded me a lot of Sean Taylor in that there's a difference between being um, a physical hitter like that. And then being a violent hitter Mm -hmm. without being a targeted player. Um, You know, Brian Ray Lewis, a perfect example. Like Ray Lewis is one of the biggest hitters in the NFL, but he was never, he was just, because he's so strong in his upper body strength and the speed he's coming at you. Um, but I never saw him as a dirty player taking cheap shots like a bonds has perfect, for example. Um, so while yes, when you're playing with that speed, like I mentioned, you're going to be susceptible to penalties. Um, now the, I didn't hear him speak as far as how he said stacking bodies, but in my mind, the way I look at that is, you know, and I'm not taking it back all the way to Steve Atwater days where, you know, you know, if you're going over the middle, you're getting hit hard um, and likely in, in a hit that wouldn't be allowed in today's NFL. But um, 
I, I look at it as he wants to impose his will in the middle of the field that, you know what, you're going to be alligator arming it when you come across that middle uh, because it's going to be Harrison Smith and him. So, um, I mean, I like the mentality of it as long as it's done in a way that's going to keep him on the field. Uh, now, admittedly, as well, if he's making plays and no penalties are being being thrown or fines or ejections, then, you know, as a fan, I'm not going to care um, if, you know, he's – you know, again, not intentionally hurting people, but it's a violent sport. People are going to get hurt. If he's out there just throwing people down um, and having the wind knocked out of him, whatever, I'm all for it. But yeah, it's hopefully he has that harnessed enough to not be a detriment to the team. And I think, uh, I think he will be able to find that with the help from Harrison Smith and his, his uh, experience here in the league. Yeah, I think uh, so for listeners, you're going to have to be prepared. There's going to be a couple, no matter what. He's a rookie. He is a self-professed big hitter, a violent dude. So that just equals there's going to be a couple. So I'm trying to figure out for my fandom perspective, how many is okay? If he if he, if he is a knock-your-head-off guy, is my over-under two or three that I start to get a little pissed? Uh, Brian, I've never heard your speech on this. So a lot of, a lot of dudes from your era and before – claim the game is soft now. Um, and then other dudes recognize, well, it's soft for a reason because we want to prolong careers. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, I didn't have to worry about hitting anybody like that, but um, it is, I feel like it is prolonging careers. Um, so that is allowing people to play a little longer and without having these like, you know, injuries from those big hits. Um, and I feel like I was part of both. I feel like I was a part of, yeah. It being rough, and then I feel like towards my end, it it was transitioning, and I could see the difference in you know practice, and they were cutting back two a days and stuff like that. Um, and I also I used to think to myself too, like, wow, if I only had like one practice a day, I probably would play longer. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Just less mileage on yourself. But um, so I, I've definitely thought about that before. Um, but it should be able to save some of those guys. Um, you know, like like I said, less mileage on their body, and maybe be able to last you know a little longer than what they would normally would have if they would have played in the, you know, the older era with the one other thing I see with scene uh, because of his athleticism, because of his speed, um, you know, again, the hope is that he's not going to be like behind. Like, so he's hopefully that his speed combined with his instincts that he's not going to be in a position where, you know, again, I pick on Sandejo because I was never a fan of his, but he wasn't very fast. So there were a lot of times when he was late to the play and his only reaction was to lower the head and again, misfire missile into people. Whereas Seen may be able to make a break on the ball, may be able to meet the defender while or meet the offensive player while the ball's coming there. Um, so again, that's <clears throat> the hope in watching him play. But um, again, I didn't see much of that. I saw violence, but not um, negative um, negative plays from him at Georgia. Brian, what I can the- see him having at least two situations, maybe three. Um, It'll happen. That happening just because the first time is like you just kind of forget because you're in a the moment. Then the right. second time is like, all right, listen, somebody's gonna probably have a talk with them. So maybe two, three at the most. Right. What may be concerning. I'm sorry, Dustin, I'm keep cutting you off. The thing that may be concerning, and Tom Brady said it last year that these veteran quarterbacks, like they take advantage of younger players by throwing it to draw flag. So obviously playing Rodgers twice a year, you know, playing some of these other veteran quarterbacks, he may see guys that, Hey, I'm going to make my receiver 
like lay my receiver out essentially to get that penalty because the game's officiated at so at such a level that the that favors the offense. So hopefully he as a rookie isn't susceptible to that. Um, but we'll only we'll find out. You know, I'm sure the second he steps on the field, we'll see what kind of uh, what his play speed is. Right. Do you have any like uh, lingering injuries that you feel on a daily basis from football? Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, uh, say like more of like a arthritic type of pain or like, you know, inflammation just in certain areas. Um, here and there is not consistent. Luckily, I'm in South Florida. So they always say like, cause the air pressure is a little different here because of, you know, the nicer weather. That's why like a lot of older people move down here because yep. the pressure on the joints. But um, yeah, just from time to time I do. But that's why I try to stay active. It's like keeping your bones oiled. Like, you know what I'm saying? I try to stay active and keep moving around. But with the time period when I first retired, I kind of went in chill mode and didn't want to do much. <laughs> yeah. it was like I felt everything. So okay, moving around. Is it generalized like throughout your, your joints or is it your knees, your arms, elbows, or what uh, is it? It can be, for me, it, it can, it's definitely my knee, one of my knees, because I had my scope twice. So, like, if it's raining, it can be – I know when it's probably raining outside, it's like, okay, it feels a little tight or, you know, certain things you have surgery on for some reason. I don't know what the rain – I guess the pressure outside, it changes, so it kind of affects your body. So you can kind of feel – you know, you feel some things. But luckily, it's here a lot. It's nice a lot here, so I'm not feeling it all the time. But if I live in, like, Seattle somewhere where it's always raining, I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> now how much or what percentage of that would you attribute to obviously you're just a, a mammoth human being being six eight and i don't know what your post playing weight is but um like i'm sure that has to put a lot like you know like shaquille o'neal like i'm sure like just him being seven feet 300 whatever pounds like that's got to be in itself to put a strain on it plus like whether it's an airplane or a car or whatever world's not built for big dudes like you they're 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 built for guys my size, like five sevens. <laughs> um, if anything, that probably just adds more pressure to it because I mean, at the end of the day, we we still played those sports and did you know right. play for the amount of years. So it's not like we can really judge of like you know what I mean. Right. Judge. It's not like you know life without it. Right. So that's all right. we know. So it's like pretty much, you know, just could probably possibly add to it. But that's why I was saying I, I did more things about keeping myself in better shape and cutting down on stuff and stretching. Stretching is a big part. Do you, uh, <laughs> this is like a real personal episode tonight. Do you, what do you, what do you eat? Do, do you eat pretty healthy or what's yeah, your diet? I started about actually my meal plans today. Um, oh, really? yeah, I was doing meal plans for like a couple, a couple months and I was able to drop weight and then, you know, added that to my workout. So I was working out and I was like, well, why am I like kind of just staying the same? But there's the meal plan. It's definitely what you eat. Yeah, workouts help you know like get things together, but what you put in your body is a probably like eighty percent of it. And um, so I started doing that, and that's helped out a lot. And then even like cherry tart juice, like that helps with inflammation. It's just different things that I do that I, I'm aware of that helps with certain things. So I try to do things like that, or I have the CBD cream and I can rub on my knees every once in a while if I feel like you know a little aching pain, and that's what I do. And when, when you were playing, did you not really care or did you keep it pretty regulated back then? When I was playing, I don't feel like I really feel, I feel like since I retired, it was like, okay, I feel everything now. And I didn't feel like I didn't really feel much. What about your diet? Really like, my diet, I mean, I just ate. I feel like as I retired, I learned more and more about diets and what you can eat, what you shouldn't eat. Yeah. I feel like I kind of ate 
what you thought was, you know, healthy. Yeah. I don't really get a good program on like this, that, and other. Like I had a nutritionist and some of the things I was like, well, this don't, I don't really like that. Like clam chowder, you can't really eat clam. It was like just different things that I ate that was like, no. I mean, so, you know, you try to eat healthy, you have, oh, salmon, you have like certain things, but um, I did towards the end of my career, or I don't know if it was towards the end of my career when I retired, like got away from red meat, stuff like that. I feel like that caused a lot of inflammation. Um, but when I was playing, I think because of the fact that we were working out so much and stuff like that, you feel like you just eat and just burn stuff off too. Yeah. What about uh, when like, not, not attributable to injuries, but when you, when you do pig out, what's your go-to food? Um... I mean, it could be pizza. It could be, <laughs> uh, it could be soul food. It could just be something, something I haven't had in a while. Workshops. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a little bit of every anything. Um, yeah. and I always pick a day, like not even a day, because I ain't gonna do it the whole day. But I, I'll pick like a meal or something. Like, okay, well, today I'm just gonna go for it. If we're yeah. at dinner, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna just eat this or whatever. But yeah, I, um, I just try to always make aware, at least during the week, be very conscious of what I'm eating. On a weekend, uh, Friday is still part of the week to me. So Friday, I'm still aware. So now either Saturday or Sunday, it'll be like somewhere in there where I have like probably something. Yeah. Mine now, is so on uh, the other side of it. Oh, go ahead, Dustin. I was going to say mine is ice cream. I'm never too full for ice cream. <laughs> and then when ribs are in play, I can usually mm. eat more ribs than I would a normal thing of food because my body just says go for it. Yeah, <laughs> Ribs and wings like those ones that keep you busy while you're eating. Uh, but I was going to say, Brian, since we're, you know, we're kind of talking like post uh, retirement, uh, you know, on the personal level. So obviously working out when you're in the NFL versus working out now, obviously those are two different t- the way that it looks as far as I'm talking like strength training, not normal. Like anyone who follows your Instagram knows whether it's tennis or, you know, you're working out or, um, you know, playing at top golf or whatever. So you're keeping active, but when it comes to like your like strength training, let's say like what, like what are the major, major differences in how you work out outside of cardio um, then you um, get in your playing days. What I want to say with the NFL is they there's different body types. You know what I'm saying? There's three different body types. But for the NFL and their workouts, they give everybody the same as that workout. So that might not fit Why? my body type. You right. know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like they should start doing like a more of a study on the body type of a person. So I'm also right. that same person who can lose seven pounds in one practice. You know, <clears throat> people have to understand why is that possible. And, and learn more about their body type and give each body type a different type of workout that's going to be more beneficial for them because the work, certain workouts for me might not do nothing, like no justice for me, but it might do some justice for somebody else and, you know, just vice versa. So it's like figuring out more of the body types of the individual players, I feel like it'll be a little more beneficial. That's surprised to hear you say that they don't do that in the NFL. You'd think that would be the one place where <laughs> – Having no. an athletic trainer or whatnot would be like, hey, our offensive Honestly, linemen need to work out differently. Some of these running trainers, backs. I don't understand their background or how much, like, not like, I don't understand what it is you have to do to be a trainer, especially in the NFL, because I'm like, sometimes I'll ask a lot of questions and some of my <laughs> answers I get back, I'm like, well, I don't think you really knew the answer, but you just gave me in. <laughs> but I don't think it's really, I don't think it really has to go that deep. I just feel like it's guys, make them lift weights, make them do certain movements and, that's their workout. It's not, I don't even think they get into the whole body type. I learned more of that when I got to Baltimore with Ray Lewis and Ray Lewis started having me juicing and Ray Lewis started just teaching me little things because he was more into his body and he kind of dictated, I guess, like what he wanted to work on. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, from there, you know, when I retired, I started to learn about, 
oh, there's three different type of body types, and okay, and I'm shaped more like this, and this is, you know, this works for me, and this, you know, this probably won't, and just knowing what was weak on me and strengthening that area and stuff like that. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I guess they don't have time. You have all those guys there to, you know, break down everybody, <laughs> you know, all these body types either. <laughs> yeah. But you'd think, again, at that level with all the money that they make that they would have those, like, because I'm sure they have diet coach or not coaches, but people they that are dietitians are there. Like, but I, w- I would think thing. that the, the strength side is just important. I feel like it's going to tell everybody the same exact thing when, like I said, some people may have food allergies, you know, just different things that like, they really dig in deeper. Um, so some things that may typically be good for everybody or seem to be good for everybody might affect somebody differently. That's why I say there's different body types um, and your your body reacts to things different too. Just because broccoli may be good for you, it might not be good for me. Right. My uh, my claim, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a skinny dude. My claim to fame is I only eat once a day. I'm 6'5", 180 pounds, and I, I eat at dinner time, and that's it. You're 6'5"? Yeah. I would have never, you would have called me off guard. And like, <laughs> I, <would've laughs> never, I thought you were like, I don't know, 5'8", for some reason. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> he doesn't look like a tall guy sitting there, you know, when we, we sit there. I, I've I met him in person, so I, I can see it. Ron and I have hung out. We're, we're old veterans here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I played you basketball. Eat, <laughs> I played basketball at Eden Prairie, and that was my... That was my sport of choice. And yeah, I've always been the tall guy. Not as tall as you, oh. but few are. <laughs> I really wish I wouldn't have said that now because I would have met you in London or whatever. You would have yeah, been like, I would have been so caught off guard. <laughs> what? <laughs> you probably would have given me one of the, where's the rest of you? That's what I usually get because I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, real filled out about 180. So, all you right. You uh, see the picture um, with me and uh, Eva, the tennis player. He's 6'11". And he oh. makes me like a short fat kid because I'm like wider than him. And he's slim and tall. And I'm like, I hate this picture. <laughs> so there's not Instagram? many people. Yeah, it's on my Instagram. Oh, okay. So there's not that it. many people that make you feel short. Like, they short and then wide. I'm like so much wider than him too. So it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, but that, that's, that to me, like when you say wide, like it's like, that's just your body style. Like, like, in, like there's nothing about you that's like, you know, looks like overweight. It's just, you're just a picture, big human like, oh. being. <laughs> you're like a short chubby kid next to him. It's, like, <laughs> it's not like David Dixon. Like if you remember him, I don't know if you played with him, but David Dixon was, a, he looked like a rotund man. Like, <laughs> like, like my body shape. Just <laughs> Ron, let's get back on current Vikings event topics. So here's what we learned since we last talked. And this is about Kellen Mond. So, Via Chris Thomason, a friend of the show, um, Pioneer Press reporter, who spoke with Kevin Mond, who is Kellen's father. Uh, we, Unless Kevin Mond is lying, which I don't think is the case, uh, we learned that Mike Zimmer didn't dislike Kellen Mond as a human or didn't think he was a shitty quarterback. However, when Mond was drafted in the third round of the 2020, 2021 NFL draft, Zimmer unsurprisingly wanted a defensive player at that spot. Evidently, Rick Spielman said, nope. I like Mond, so we're drafting Mond. And therefore, the implication is is that to just stick it to him, uh, Zimmer opted not to really explore Mond or to play him until he absolutely had to for a series. So fast forward to the new head coaching staff who doesn't have any of these weird grudges, resentments, and it seems like we've got a new quarterback. Like, you know, we've got a guy who has a clean slate that, uh, you know, it could be a quarterback of the future if he's groomed properly. So, Ron, do you – 
<laughs> does this surprise you at all about Zimmer? And second of all, does this re-kickstart how you feel about Mond? So I don't know if I'd say any of it's surprising. I mean, even I, I think the last few months have been very telling with both Spielman and Zimmer as far as their relationship, kind of the toxicity that's been around that seem, seemingly is not there anymore. Uh, so obviously those two changes seem uh, like hold a big weight of that. Um, and then, I'll, but if you go back, even whether it was the Sharif Floyd or, you know, any number of players that had been hurt, like Josh Robinson, I think was one where Zimmer would always comment on their injury or whatever, you know, you can't make the club in the tub, that type of stuff, or, you know, being available, like, and you can always tell he had that snarkiness to him whenever talking about any of those players, whether it was warranted or not, like, in, in, in a sense, you got it where it kind of made him out to be the bad guy because he was doing like the nerve issue with Sharif Floyd. And it's not like it's just some guy who, you know, got fat and happy over an off season and came in out of shape, didn't want to work out, wasn't putting it in. It was like there were some serious injuries or some serious nagging issues that were going on that he was holding it against those players. So it doesn't surprise me that he seems like the type of guy to hold the grudge. And then especially with a young guy that if he didn't, if he was drafted that without his consent, so to speak. Um, so my opinion of Mond has never really changed. Like I like the fact that we have a young guy that can be tailored into being that potential backup, maybe future guy. If um, you know, things go South with Kirk. Uh, but what, I mean, Mon played in the SEC. I know you guys, I listened to the show um, that you guys talked about last week and Adam made a great point. Like, well, he watches, sounds like he watches a lot more college football mm-hmm. than I do. But when you play the SEC, you're not, you're not playing chump change. Like, so you're going to have games where you look good. You're going to have games that you look bad. Now he looked good. And I, I, I think it was a game against, was it Alabama? Maybe that he looked great. You don't look good against Alabama if you don't have talent. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say that he's going to be better than Malik Willis. They both were drafted, um, you know, third round. I believe Malik Willis did fall third, I believe. Um, but when Malik Willis played at Liberty, where I don't know what conference that is, I don't know who they play. Um, <laughs> whereas Texas A&M, um, they or is it Texas A&M? Now I'm all confused. Yeah, yep. um, they play legit talent week in week out. They're going to make guys look bad at times like look at the look at the national championship this latest one Bryce or the is it Bryce Young is that the name of the Alabama quarterback mm-hmm. he didn't look like a first round pick but he's being touted as the number one overall pick already but Georgia's defense made him look probably like Kellen Mond so <laughs> either way you have a guy that's 22 years old you have one of the most durable quarterbacks that's played in the last decade or so um so when people get all butthurt about well, Mannion's there. Mannion's is uh, essentially the backup. You know, when you have someone like Kirk, it's not a bad idea to have a backup that's just cerebral that can kind of be that secondary coach. Now, with an offensive-minded coach in O'Connell, uh, maybe you don't need that, and maybe maybe they only keep two quarterbacks, which I think is the way to go. Because if anything happens to Kirk, your season is likely done anyways. Like no matter how much other talent is on the team, so then at that point you let the young guy go and you see what happens. So um, I heard someone, and I can't, I don't know if it was on this show or if it was in the somewhere else, where maybe Mond is like a Tavares Jackson, where 
you know, he, he has talent, he has tools. Obviously you don't get drafted as high as he did without having ability. Can he put it all together? You know, that's yet to be seen, but there's also starting quarterbacks in the league that have tools that aren't any good. Daniel Jones comes to mind. Like he has athleticism, which is just sneaky, but he is not a good quarterback yet. He's a starter in the biggest market in the nation. Um, So there's a lot of guys out there who make it work. Um, Again, no one's rooting for Kirk. There probably are some people who are rooting for Kirk to get hurt. Um, But if anyone looks at Mond, other than a potential, a potential guy going forward or, you know, a potential backup, then they're overstating the importance as it is. So it'll be good to see him get some live reps um, and let's see what he can do. And again, you have a young guy behind a veteran um, who can take over. So if, if, some, if something <clears throat> happens to Kirk, I think I'll disagree a little bit, but not in good faith. If something happens to Kirk, you know you're absolutely dead and gone, season kaput with Sean Mannion. That's just not happening. Absolutely. You, you, you might beat the Lions and shit, but that's it. With Mond, there's always the storybook hope that he gets right. hot and gets good because we don't know what his, yeah, we don't know his bottom floor and we don't know his ceiling either. But with Mannion, right. Unless he's just sabotaged himself in a couple starts, we know it's kaput. He's vanilla. Right. With Mon, there's that pizzazz that I think that's why so many people want him to be nominated to QB2 so that there isn't some twilight zone. Oh. Uh-oh, here comes Vidarian. Vidarian, hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing? Not bad. You, you're uh, able to join, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. You're all good. We uh we got we got time. Did you want to keep walking? Do you want to sit down, or how do you want to do this? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just in my hotel. So you know, oh, okay, so cool. Just, yeah. All right. Well, to the <laughs> listeners, uh, we had some scheduling hoopla there, but now we do have rookie offensive tackle Varian Lowe on the show. Uh, tell us, sir, how has the first couple months in Minnesota been treating you? Uh, it's been nice, man. You know, just getting around, seeing seeing the Twin Cities. Uh, you know, it's it's great here. You know, just the community community that they have, um, the relationships that the team has established with everybody. Uh, you know, everybody here loves the Vikings. You know, the whole state of Minnesota loves the Vikings. So it's it's been really great to just you know get out in the community. Um, for I once we went to a, a elementary school and just see all like the kids and how much they love you know the football team and everything. So it's been great. I uh, I saw when I was reading up on you the night that you were drafted by the Vikings that uh, you're from Illinois. So I've got to ask the deadly question. Did you grow up a Bears fan? <laughs> no, I didn't. I grew up a, a Brady fan. A Brady? <laughs> yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So how that just to make a long story short, my father used to like the Minnesota Vikings. So then oh, yeah. I was watching Randy Moss. Okay. And then Randy Moss got traded to the Patriots. Oh, so yeah. Like in Brady. Okay. Oh, okay. That that adds up. I like to hear that. All right, Ron. What do you got for Vidarian Low? Oh, real quick, I'll touch on that for a second. It, it, it's showing our age, Dustin and Brian, to hear that. Um, you know, we, this generation who, when he says Tom Brady to me, it's like, like, well, yeah. Like I remember growing up watching Tom Brady, but you get you really don't know much of football without Tom Brady. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, nice to meet you, Vidarian. My name's Ron. Um, you know, it's uh, glad to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. So the the one thing, you know, before, you know, I don't know, I know we, our time with you is limited, but the one thing that I did want to ask you about, um, I know after reading up about you and hearing some of your interviews that you had, um, you are a father of two, uh, almost three and a one-year-old. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I got my one-year-old and my three-year-old and then uh, my brother. Yep, I heard, yep. yep, I saw that too. So I can uh, sympathize with you there. I also have an almost three. My daughter will be three this week and my son is one. So I get that struggle. But where I want to go with it is you also just graduated college playing football at the big in the Big Ten and then now transition into your career with the Minnesota Vikings as a professional football player. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle all of that being a student athlete and then making this transition all while having <laughs> uh, two Two kids, three and under, because I know that struggle in its own right. But the rest yeah. of it, tell me how you how you do that. Man, um, it's not easy to say the least, man. Like, you know, every night, like just now, I just came from taking my son to the pool after I just got out OTAs and weightlifting and everything. You know, I come back to the hotel and my kids want to go and uh, play in the pool. But um, it's definitely a lot, man. But um, I definitely try to just focus on the things I need to be focused on. Uh, like, you know, just getting my playbook down, um, making sure that I, I, I study hard, making sure that I'm dedicating, you know, dedicating my mind uh, just to putting the right food in my body. Just all those things that go into it and going to being a professional athlete. I try to make sure I dial in on that. And then I also try to make sure that I dial in on being a great father and a great husband, because, you know, those are goals of mine. Those are things that, you know, I want to constantly be day in and day out. And um, those things don't come easy. If you want to be a great father and husband, you know, you have to constantly work at that. So, you know, I, I take the same mindset that I do with sports to home. And um, I think that that's how I've been able to to juggle both aspects of my life. And, um, yeah, I'll be lying if I said it was easy, man. Uh, I'll be lying. It's, it's really hard, really hard. But, and moving um, to a new place. Every, like Everything's coming at you at once, like where. Yeah, there's not a lot of rookies that uh, are going through that. So kudos to you, man. It's good to good to hear. Uh, it sounds like you got a good head on your shoulders, and uh, I look forward to to seeing you uh, get out there and uh, and contribute to this team. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Bryant. Um, you were the starting left tackle for the Vikings for nine years. Um, I think that's probably the goal for Vidarian here. Do you got any words of wisdom as the left tackle of the Vikings? Um, I definitely will let you know that. Things do slow down. Uh, the speed of the game and everything slows down the more you get um, acclimated and, and used to the snap counts and the plays and everything. So right now, it probably seems like everybody's getting off the ball super fast and everything's <laughs> moving fast. Just know it slows down. So the more you um, take reps and get comfortable at your position, things will start slowing down and you'll be able to really hone in and do your thing. Yeah. Thank you, man. I definitely needed that because I, I, I just, you know, even though we in OTAs, man, I feel like you know, the vets got the hang of it and everything. Yeah. Their technique is good. They don't seem like They got technique. They're jumping the counts. They're used to the cadence. Yeah. Like You're trying to get used to, you know, something that's new for you. So right now they're kind of taking advantage of it. It just seems like you, you feel like you're late. So it gives you that, that nervous feeling of kick step when you kick step and things like that. But you'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I did that. You're already a step ahead of Bryant because you're you're there for the OTAs. He was at this point. I he was wasn't. A, he wasn't a member of the OTAs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was before all the slotted uh, slotted money. Uh, so he, we didn't get to see him in action until what was it? Week seven ish. Yeah. Uh, week eight or nine. <laughs> yeah. I bet you, uh, Vidarian might even remember that being a fan of the Vikings with his dad and all. Vidarian. Oh, I watched a little bit, a little bit of Dante Cole Pepper and Randy Moss, and I was I was real young. I didn't I really start liking football to like oh six or seven, oh seven, whenever Brady yeah. had that touchdown season, and then they went to the, they went undefeated. That was the year, you know. Oh yeah, that hooked you. 
Yeah, that was it right there. Let me ask you this. This might be a little difficult to answer, so bear with me. Um, as you probably know, the Vikings got a new general manager and a new head coach for the, um, the, the biggest change in 16 years for the franchise. And there was this tender period of a few weeks where we didn't know if the team was going to rebuild or go all in um, with the roster. And it appears that they're keeping the same roster intact. So based on what you know, does this feel like an all-in football team that's going to make a push to the playoffs? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, I think that with Coach O'Connell coming in and him being from the Rams and him just fresh off of a Super Bowl literally like three, four months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, like fresh off of a Super Bowl. Like he 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 knows what it takes to win. Um, he's been around greatness. He's been around, you know, Matthew Stafford, Odell, you know, uh, Aaron Donald, you know, he's been around all the great guys, you know, that the Rams have. And, um, you know, he he always brings it up in meetings. You know, he thinks that um, what what this team has, you know, what we bring to the table, he thinks that we can compete with the best of them. And then just with our head coach having that, uh, that much confidence in that I've only been here for three weeks. And I'm like, man, like we <laughs> like we could take anybody. But uh, yeah, but yeah, Coach O'Connell has really just instilled in us that, you know, we have a great thing going. And um, just from him being where he's been at, uh, we really believe in him. And um, yeah, I'll definitely say that everybody's all in. Okay, that's that's a big inflection point because uh, you know nationally, some some pundits, experts, whatever, look down at the roster and they're like, "This is the same damn thing." And so yeah. you know, they forecast another eight and nine season or nine nine or eight. But I really wanted to know the vibe. Like, are we being sold an all in team? But it's really this full rebuild year. But it sure doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like, you know, just me just looking on the rock, like looking around at practice every day. And I really think that, you know, we have a bunch of great talent, you know, on our on our roster. And um, I think that, you know, with this coaching change, um, you know, boosts the morale, you know, it boosts, you know, the guy's uh, spirit, you know, to want to come into work every day and go hard. You know, Coach O'Connell does a great job. Um, once again, I've only been here a few weeks, but just from what the vets say, you know, he does a great job in taking care of us. And um, I think that, you know, that just makes guys want to buy in. It makes guys want to play for him more. And I think that, you know, it'll, you know, he'll get more from his players, you know, which which inevitably will result in um, more wins. So, you know, that's just my take on it. Well, that's, that's <laughs> more than acceptable on this end. Uh, Ron, <laughs> I think we got Vidarian for about five more minutes. You got anything else? Pick his brain. Yeah, so, so you said um, – you- that you've been here now for three weeks. So it's kind of a two-part question. First of all, um, now I'm sure it'll change once you get into actually playing games and preseason and all of that. But what was that first moment of the realization of I'm in the NFL? Like I, I know nothing's earned or nothing's given at this point. It's all going to be earned from here on out. But what was that first realization? No, but that realization of like that you were drafted, you know, only what 200 some odd names a year can say that. So, you know, that's a huge congratulations for all the hard work that you put in. Um, So that's part one. But then part two, what's your favorite thing in the three weeks about the the Twin Cities area um, that you've gotten to see so far? Hold on, I'm gonna answer part one for him real quick. Part one, <laughs> he gonna realize like on a Monday or Sunday night game, he look around all those cameras and it's like a commercial break. I'm in the NFL. That's when you are gonna really think about it and realize it. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to answer like the first part of that question, uh, I think that you know, like he said, I probably won't really get my while I'm in the NFL to first like you know Monday night, Thursday night game, or whatever. But yeah. I think that you know just for me being here these uh, last few weeks. 
think that the first like first time I was like, wow, I'm really here. Is this when I finally when we finally go out to like one of the first OTA practices and I'm looking around and you know I said you know Brian O'Neill just came back in the room and you know he I think he was a Pro Bowl tackle last year. I'm like wow like. That guy is really good. Then you got um, Kirk Cousins. You know he's the way he's leading the leading the um, the huddle and everything on the practice field. I'm like, okay, wow. Like you got Dalvin Cook in the backfield and the way he's moving. I'm like, man. And then you got Justin Jefferson. He come out there with his grill on and his Cuban link diamond. <laughs> and I'm like, man, like this is crazy. You know, like all the guys. You know, uh, Daniel Hunter. You got Zadarius Smith. Like. Patrick Peterson, guys that I grew up watching for years now. It's been at least five plus years that I've watched been watching these guys. And I'm like, wow, like I'm really on the same team as all these guys. So um that was probably my uh welcome. You know, not my welcome, but like my wow moment. Like I'm really here. And what was the second part of your question? Uh with it, your three weeks here, uh, what's your favorite part or the most eye-opening thing about the Twin Cities um, that you've gotten to experience uh, since you've been here? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, I think that just in the last few weeks I've been here, you know, my, me and my family have been up here and we kind of, you know, been able to drive around and everything. And um, I've always thought there was nothing to do here. You know, I always thought there was like nothing around. I've always thought like, I'm like, they got the Mall of America, but like, that's it. You know, like, that's really it. Other than that, but like, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of activities. There's a lot of nice towns around. I'm yeah. always it was just Minneapolis and that was it. You know, I didn't know anything about St. Paul. I didn't know, like, you know, I didn't even know what the Twin Cities were before I got here. I had right. to Google when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Especially but, with kids, there's a lot to do, uh, you know, in the suburbs areas. Like even, yeah. you know, the Renaissance Festival, that type of stuff. Like just unique things. Um, and then when the State Fair rolls around, that'll be a... That'll be an experience yeah. too that you'll have to you'll have to check out. But uh, yeah. it's good but to hear that uh, that you had a, a welcome surprise with uh, the Twin Cities. I'm, a, I'm born and raised here, so I'm a little partial to it. Okay, <laughs> Vidarian, let, let me get this straight. You're from Rockford, Illinois, and you thought the Twin Cities would be boring. I, <laughs> I never. I didn't even know what the Twin Cities were. Like I thought, I didn't. I thought it was Minneapolis, and that was it. Like I didn't know nothing about St. Paul. Never heard of that. Like somebody, when I got drafted, one of my teammates from Illinois was like, "Yeah, you're excited to go to the Twin Cities?" Or I was like, "What does that even mean?" Like, you mean <laughs> Minneapolis? Like, I did. So when I finally got here, I was like, "We were about to go." Through, I think they were about to take all the rookies to a Twins game. Yeah, and I was like, "What does what does the Twins even stand for?" So I had to Google it real quick. I'm like, "That makes sense." Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, instantly made a little bit of sense there. Yeah, and then you were able to check out the. You were at the Adam Thielen softball game the other night, correct? No, 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 no. I, I think that was last night, I believe. But was no, it last but, night. Okay. Yeah, I think it was last. Night. I wasn't there though. I was here. You know, we as rookies, we got a lot. We got a different schedule. You know, than the, <laughs> uh, we got we got extra extra work. Like we got to be in there earlier. Then they got to be in there later. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we look, we we in there a little earlier. We leave later, way later than they do. Right. Rookie meetings and everything, and then you got to go home and get in the playbook. So, like, so yeah, it's definitely. Um, but no, nah, it, it looked like it was a great event. All right, Vidarian, our uh, last question, then we'll let you go. Um, so, barring injury, the Vikings have two tackles that presumably expect to start in Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill. Um, you, as a rookie, where do you expect to carve out your niche or role on the 2022 team and beyond? Um, I'm, yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, I think that, you know, with both of those guys being so talented and both being so young, you know, they're here to stay. And um, honestly, uh, like just, just throughout my whole entire career, 
I've always been kind of, you know, thrown into the fire, you know, uh, like just, you know, freshman high school starting on varsity. And then I go into college and I'm a true freshman, you know, playing in the, you know, the sixth, seventh game of the year. You know, I've never really gotten a chance to develop. I never gotten a chance to learn um, from like, you know, the older guys and really got the chance to hone in my game. So um, I'm really, you know, taking these years for granted. Uh, you know, I'm really making sure that I uh, make the most out of these years. I make sure that I learn as much as I can from them so that when it's my time, you know, I can go in there and immediately be effective. You know, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, just sit back there and be like, oh, they got it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to play at all next few years. So I don't never think like that, though, because like it's only an injury away and then all of a sudden you're in there. So yeah. it's like every exactly. moment you try to learn from them and just take what you can take because I have seen those situations happen where guys, like even in the middle of a game, gets injured and the other guys are like, oh, it's like, oh, you really yeah. scared of me. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, um, like Brian's always, you know, in practice. Um, you know, he, you know, he's he's already so great at what he does. He's been doing this for four or five. This is fifth season now. Um, he's at the top of his game. I feel like right now he's such a great player. You know, and even in in practice, he's always like, "If we're when you're doing this on the run, like do this or on your set, do this." You know, he's always giving me little techniques, and I'm always trying to make sure that I really focus on those and remember those. Um, because you know, those, you know, it works for him. You know, he does a lot of great things, and um, that's why he's the type of player that he is. So I'm just trying to make sure that I learn as much as I can from those guys. And even Christian, with him being as young as he is, um, he's a really great player, and um, it shows in this film. So, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I learn from those guys. So when it's my time, I'm, I can go in there and produce immediately. And as far as your uh, – I know you're a tackle by trade. Um, how comfortable are you playing other spots on the line? Um, you know, as of right now, I'm really just trying to, I'm trying to learn a right tackle right now. <laughs> okay. You know, I've, I've, I've always, I played left tackle like the last five years of my career. So I never had to move around. I've only played one, one specific, one specific position. And, you know, going from left tackle to right, it's like going from trying to write with your right hand to going right with your left hand. Like, <laughs> Brian's listen. mentioned that before too. And then I left Minnesota and I went to, um, to the Ravens and Michael Orr, was the left tackle, but I played yeah. left tackle. And I was like, well, I don't know if y'all want me to come there because I'm not playing right. But he moved over not to the right easy. and I played left. So you know? basically it sounds like it's not as easy as as Madden makes it seem where you just move them uh, from the left to the right and no, all, all's good. It's literally, it's literally like trying to write with your other hand. They're non-dominant. Yeah. It's, it's right. yeah, I've been just trying to learn that position. So you know, um, you know, if that time comes and, 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 the, and the coaches need me to kick inside, you know, I'll do anything uh, to help the team, to help the room. But um, right now I'm just trying to make sure that uh, I can be a great swing tackle, you know, for the O-line. Um, just whenever, wherever they got to put me, I just make sure that I'm productive. Excellent. Well, listen, Vidarian, we appreciate you joining us. I hope you'll remember our names. I know you remember BMAC. Um, maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll hit you up in the preseason after you've got a couple of games under your belt and we'll chat if that's all right with you, good sir. That's perfectly fine, man. Just hit me up. I'm always, I'm always down. You guys are a great bunch of guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Thanks nice. Man. Appreciate it. Nice, appreciate nice it. You. We'll talk to you yeah, soon. Thank you. Yep, I had a great time. Appreciate you guys for having me. Later. Feel free to reach out if you ever have any questions about anything Twin Cities related or whatnot. You know, whether it's Twitter or whatnot, I can, I can get, I can give you the spots, especially, especially with a three and a one year old, and uh, yeah. you know what, what Ron's the SME. About, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, have a good one. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right, B Mac. Hey, question, B Mac. Did you ever have that star struck, uh, like when you got there in 2002 with Moss and Culpepper, or were you already a big enough thing at Miami that you know superstars didn't? Nah, you had more stars on that Miami <laughs> team than. <laughs> I would say those two were those two were the two that I was like, like you know what I mean? Because I came with a new team, 
So like a lot of new guys came in, but uh, Cold Pepper and Randy Moss were like to me Minnesota, you know, at the time. So those were the two people who I was like, oh, I can't wait to see how they act, or you know, how they are, we're gonna be cool and stuff like that. And uh, ended up becoming cool both of them because um, Dante had some family in Miami, and uh, I guess I knew them as well. And then um, also I just we just hit it off between like me. I think he just liked hanging with the big fellas because he always hung with like me and Dave Dixon a lot too. And I, I kind of <laughs> gravitated towards Dave Dixon because he was real mellow and cool and he, you know, would teach you things. He, he, you know, wasn't like too much, you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. okay, this is a cool guy too. So, yeah. So on that, the other on thing, that right tackle thing, is it just like flat out gets on your nerves if you'd have to switch over or it's, is it really like true trying to learn? I, right? I feel like he described it like, Perfect. Like, it's like if you're used to writing with your right hand, and also they're saying, well, right with your left, and they want you to have the same type of, uh, like, a signature. It's like, wait a minute, I haven't done this. Like, so at the beginning, when I learned offensive line, I immediately learned left tackle, and it was a struggle for me because I wasn't left handed. Okay. So everything you had to do with your left was out of your left. So then after years of doing it, you get used to it, and you got to, I became accustomed to it. So now it's like trying to reprogram yourself, like, to me, like they're swinging back and forth. No, and that's why I made it very clear when I went to uh, Boston. Yeah. Like, I'm not going over there. Like, I'm not playing right. If you want to be effective, give me a left. So it worked. No, yeah, also, Brian, I know you had mentioned that in your first game, um, that it was a former teammate of yours that, you know, in your first game, this first sack that was given up, although it wasn't your it was fault. A cover sack that day. It wasn't like he even beat yeah. me off the ball, it was a cover sack. Yeah. But so was there ever a player or a, a moment where when you were lining up, whether it's, I don't know, I'm trying to think like a Jason Taylor or one of those type of guys where you looked up across from you and that was like kind of your like, oh shit moment. Like, like I know Ben Lieber's talked about it on the power trip before about when he was a linebacker. It was a Jason and Taylor. When it was a Jason Taylor and Simeon Rice, those guys, those. it made me like, oh, this is my chance. Like I want to see how I do against them. KGB, I didn't really know him. Right, you kind of came out. When I got there, I was like, "Who is it?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he was like, "So, like, like a Gumby and elusive and all type of stuff." So, I was like, kind of like stuck. Like, who is this guy? Like, I feel like they didn't give him as much props as they probably should have during that time. And by two thousand two, when they came, I don't think he was getting as much props as he should at the time. Uh, Later on, you started hearing his name more too. But Jason Taylor and Simeon Rice were like the bigger names, so I was, right. was kind of like, you know, prepared for them. I mean, prepared for him, too, but I just wasn't – that was my second game, too. So I didn't even know him. Um, I wasn't familiar with him as a player. Yeah, Ron, uh, KGB, kind of like Daniil Hunter, we knew who he was, <clears throat> third rounder, right. 2015, 2016, but he really didn't become household until 2017, 2018. And, I mean, everybody in Minnesota was like, this guy is the shit. Look at him. And then, right. then I, I bet you he had that same type of phenomenon with um, O-tackles and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the other news this week, Ron, we'll wind down on this topic, was Albert Wilson is joining the team in a probably WR4, WR5 capacity, maybe a punt returner. And that was after D.D. Westbrook, I think, said no thanks to the Vikings. So I, I dug into Albert Wilson's resume, and he hasn't returned punts in the NFL. Uh, he's returned kicks four times, but at Georgia State, he was an absolute Swiss Army knife that did all of that jazz. So do you, sir, believe that Albert Wilson is you know, potentially slated to be the punt returner? 
I don't see him as a punt returner just because, like you said, he's never done it. Yeah. Um, he does seem like that shifty kind of guy. Uh, but I equate it as to, um, in the sense of like what Aldrick Robinson was for us a few years ago, just oh, a yeah. veteran, a, like a fourth wide receiver, someone that you know that you can rely on, um, but you're not going to thrust him into more action than need, that is needed. Um, while, again, you can never have too much depth, especially veterans, um, when outside of Thielen, that's a very young receiver room. Um, I mean, like it's Jefferson and Osborne in their third year, Smith Marset, mm-hmm. um, Jalen Naylor. Like these guys are all young. So yeah. bringing in a veteran who has had experience on some teams, he's had some success at the NFL level. Obviously, like he's um, a quality player. I'm not, I w- don't think anyone would confuse him with a star by any means. Um, but you need those type of guys. I mean, it's you have 53 men on the roster. Um, you can't have you know, young rookies and second year guys mixed in <laughs> throughout the lineup. So uh, <clears throat> now again, I don't see him as a returner. Um, it, Cause I think uh, um, Wang Wu has the kick return. And I think between Marset or uh, um, even KJ Osborne possibly mm-hmm. as the, as a punt returner. Um, but I think he has the the leg up to be that wide receiver four, or, you know, it, it might mean the end of the road for BC Johnson. Um, unfortunately, because I think, uh, the, the other guys, um, the top three, I think are pretty well set. Um, and then it'll be a competition. Yep. And then in all the other wild card would be whether or not Jasena makes it for special teams because he, right. he played almost every special team snap last year. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, gang, we will be off next week. I will be in Seattle with a family road trip, but we'll be back on the 15th. Um, Any closing arguments, Bryant? No, I can just let, you know, some of the Viking fans know that I'll be hosting a trip um, September 28th through October 3rd uh, to London. Um, And they have package deals that come with a lot, lower level seats to the game, transportation to and from the game, um, pre-game, a tailgate party. It's a bunch of things on this list, but we can get into that as we get you know more and more into the okay. season. And stuff. Wonderful. And then also um, there's another event that I saw. Um, what is it in in June here that you'll be in town oh, for? Oh, yeah, June 18th. Um, Chester Taylor's coming. I got him to come on the trip. So oh, really? Too, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. is sponsored by Skoll Marketing, and that's Byron Chamberlain, Robert Tate, and Robert Griffith. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's in H- Hopkins, right? Rochester. Rochester. Well, no, no, there's an event, yeah, that Friday, I think, yeah. for Robert Griffin, I think, yeah, that's Yeah, Friday. oh, that's the one I was talking about, the Rochester oh, okay. one I don't know but about. then the charity event is um, oh. in Rochester. Oh, okay. Sweet. All right, gentlemen. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.